Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show that helps you lead as Christ would have you lead if he were you. Uh, Whether you're listening live or via one of the many thousands who uh, listen via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you're new to the show, a reminder the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. Now, you typically need them when things have not gone well or smoothly. I'm talking about lawyers brought in to help when life has gone pear-shaped in one way or another. It's no surprise that Christians are well represented, concern for justice and righteousness being hallmarks of the Christ follower. And this week I'm joined by Mark Bainbridge, the Executive Director at the Lawyers Christian Fellowship. So welcome, Mark, to Leadership File. Good to be here. So uh, at what point in your education did you decide that the law was for you? So very early on is the the simple answer. Oh, Um, well. And here's a plug for librarians. Um, (laughs) So as a young child, I read James Herriot's books. Ah. And until the age of 12, wanted to be a vet. Okay. I was very... I'm drawn to that idea. But at the age of 12, I read a book called To Kill a Mockingbird. And many Christian lawyers, many lawyers, in fact, would refer to this book as being the inspiration for their choice of career. So I read this book at the age of 12. Um, I got to the point in the story where Tom Robinson, who's accused of attempted rape of Miele Ewing, is found guilty. And I was uh, offended, um, shocked by the decision. You'll recall maybe the story where um, he's accused of attempting to rape Mayala Ewing. Um, Mayala Ewing has been beaten around the side of her face and the, the, the way she's been beaten um, demonstrates that the person doing it was left-handed. Tom Robinson couldn't have done that um, because his left hand had been badly injured in an accident. And of course, all the evidence pointed to her father, Bob Ewell, being the, the culprit. Um, nonetheless, he's found guilty. Um, he's sentenced. And while awaiting for his appeal, he, he attempts to uh, scale the fence um, and being injured with one arm, it would have been very difficult. Um, but he is nonetheless shot 17 times. And as a 12 year old, I was. I was really upset, um, really upset um, by that story and wanted to go into the law and do discrimination type work. Oh, well, well fabulous. What a great, great, great story. <laughs> a very naive story. But, uh... <laughs> well, no, it's, it's great. I, I, love it. I love that way, way that just reading a book can uh, transform your life in that way. Uh, so you made a good career choice or is it, you know, looking back, you think, yeah, I'm glad I, glad I read the book. And Yeah, without a question. So I've um, practiced in law for over 20 years. Um, It's been a a stimulating uh, profession to work in. Mm. I've loved particularly the personal stories, um, Mm. the opportunity to work with people who often come to you fairly broken because of life, and then you have the chance to draw alongside them, to journey Mm. with them for a while, to represent them, Mm. um, and to try and, I suppose, bring some peace, some order, some justice um, back into their lives that they might then go on from that point um, picked up um, after you know having fallen in quite difficult circumstances. Sure. So there are different, obviously different, slightly different career paths. So there's the the path of the solicitor and the barrister. Yeah. So you took the solicitor route. Yeah, I did. I did. And which particular branch? So um, I've practiced employment law um, mm-hmm. since qualifying, and particularly worked in discrimination law. 
has been my main field. I chose the solicitor route because as a solicitor, you meet the client at the first point of contact and then you can journey with them in the case of employment law through to representation at a tribunal. So you have this chance to really get to know your clients, okay. to understand them, to support them. Hmm. As opposed to a barrister which ha- who has a typically given a brief and they just represent them in court or, you know, forgive my naivety if I don't quite understand it, but they wouldn't know the person so well. Typically, it depends on the the client relationship. Okay. Sometimes um, barristers involved very early on, and I okay. appreciate that to be involved yes. early on to give advice, okay. to help um, structure the case and make sure that it's properly prepared. But yeah, the solicitor has a more involved relationship with the client typically. Okay, okay. So uh, you mentioned deployment. Are the kind of cases you've been involved in? So for most of my career, I've worked um, for employees, um, employees who have been um, sacked. Um, treated unfairly or discriminated against um, at work. Okay. Um, do you look any? Do you look back fondly on any particular cases, and you think, yeah, I was so pleased to be there and and to see that an injustice righted. Yeah, many cases. I appreciate you may not be able to give details, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, for the reason that you have this chance, um, people come into you, uh, it's not uncommon for your client to be very moved, um, upset. Um, sometimes their mental health has broken down because of the treatment they've received. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian lawyer, you have the chance, therefore, to, to come in with an understanding of what God is like, um, what it is to be an image bearer, mm-hmm. and how to uh, represent somebody in the hope that they will see something of the character of God um, Mm. displayed through the work that you do. And for me, that's a great opportunity, um, a great opportunity to to show what God can be like, um, to see somebody um, supported and to help gather up their lives um, and to journey with them for a while. And the relationship can be very deep and meaningful um, as a result of that. Yeah. You've had the opportunity to remind the church of the needs of the the disabled when it comes to recruitment, I understand. I did a little bit of research in terms of preparing for this. So um, more recently, I've done work with churches and Christian charities, and some of that work has involved um, just speaking to issues of um, inclusion, particularly for um, for people who are disabled. Mm. Um, it's it's an interesting point, isn't it, when you look um, at Bible history and the life of Christ, how he attracts people who are hurt, who are disabled, who are marginalised. Um, and in order for the church to communicate the gospel effectively, not to present barriers to the gospel, mm. um, issues of inclusion for people who have disabilities is really important. So I've done some speaking mm. to um, that issue. Yeah, and I understand... You know the the percentage percentage of jobs that someone's disabled goes for is very. Yeah, sorry, I'm not not expressing exactly well, but uh, you know, if you're a disabled person, your your chances of getting an interview much much less typically, and that sadly has been also the case within the church and charity sector. I don't know about that with the church and charity sector. Mm. Um, the church um, and charities, Christian charities, have done a lot of work, mm. I think, around disability inclusion and. Um, I think it is definitely true that if you have a disability, it's incredibly difficult to get Mm. interviews. And if you manage to get an interview, then you have all kinds of other hurdles to overcome. So a lot of the work I've been doing um, with clients during my working life has been with clients with disabilities who have been treated unfairly. Um, 
on a personal note, my, my middle son um, has a disability. He has been trying to get um, just part-time work recently, and um, at every stage he's met obstacles. So mm. it, it's it's a challenge, a real yeah. challenge. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, you've worked with churches and charities. What kind of help uh, have they typically needed? So uh, churches and um, charities require um, a whole range of, of work from... Um, non-contentious work, which might include, for example, uh, drafting policies and employment contracts, through to advice about um, situations, problems, difficult relationships that they face, through to representation um, that they, they might need if things go wrong. And I think in all of this, the, the key thing is that there needs to be um, good lawyers who understand the law and who are able to um, guide and give good counsel to their clients about how they should respond to the issues of their time. Um, and in this, the, I think there is a need for good Christian lawyers. Mm. So take, for example, a situation where there's a problem in a local church and the church needs help to address that problem, be a relational difficulty. Well, rather than going to an external court, um, it might be a good thing, first of all, to see whether or not there could be a good Christian lawyer who can um, intervene and help the parties to mediate a solution, um, to try and manage things at the earliest possible stage and to get an effective outcome for all concerned, and also to protect the witness of the gospel as well. Yeah. Certainly within the Christian journalism field, obviously we come across sad stories of of folk have been dismissed or whatever, and so, and sometimes charities and churches have not known the legal position and kind of sometimes almost presumed that the Christian charity will prevail, um, and they're not not particularly acted very generously, but assumed that the person will forgive them, that kind of thing. And it's sad, sad to, to to have to come back to the law, but it's necessary sometimes. And I could, you know, tell you stories that we sat on as yeah. <laughs> uh, as journalists because because we knew it wasn't going to be very valuable for the general public to know and hear about. Yeah, and I think their um, good early advice is worth paying for. Yeah, it can resolve things quickly. Um, yeah. And also it can mean that actually there's less hurt cause to all concern. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mark Bainbridge. Mark is the Executive Director at the Lawyers Christian Fellowship. And we'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Mark Bainbridge, the Executive Director at the Lawyers uh, Christian Fellowship. And we're talking before the break a little of his uh, journey into to law and some of the things he's been involved with as a, a solicitor. Um, uh, Mark, we, um, we're all fooled into thinking the practice of law looks like that provided by various TV series, which uh, typically depict courtroom dramas. No doubt there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not all as glamorous as it looks <laughs> on TV. Um, so most of my um, career has been in litigation mm. and um, the idea of representation of another person is costly. It should be, I think, costly if it's done properly. Um, we see that, of course, in Christ, yes. who represents um, his people at ultimate cost. Mm. Um, but for a lawyer representing a client in litigation, it is also costly. There is a time, um, time which may not always be recorded for, um, where you are seeking to um, order your client's uh, affairs and prepare them for, for a hearing. And that can be costly. You can end up working very late at night and early in the morning. So, for example, if, I'm, uh, if I was in, in court, um, in tribunals, um, 
you could quite easily do a full day in the office, then go home, do some preparation for the next day until the early hours, and then get up very early the next morning to get to the hearing uh, and to finish off any final preparation you may have to do yeah. as well. So um, it can be demanding in terms of time, but also emotionally. Um, if you've journeyed with a client for a long period of time, um, when you get to the, the, the verdict, the outcome, the decision um, in the case, um, you have invested emotionally in that. Mm. Um, and it, for me, it mattered. It mattered the outcome. Yes. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and uh, do, you find, do, you, do you face particularly moral dilemmas as a Christian lawyer? Is that ever a okay factor? Yeah. Um, so the, the the professional guidance we have is really helpful. Mm. Um, we have strong professional uh, codes of practice which we have to uh, abide by, and, and they give uh, kind of structure and boundaries to mm. what we do. Um, there are nonetheless uh, real pressures, pressures to um, compromise, to conform, um, and Christian lawyers, like any other Christian, will face mm. temptations um, to idolise things like ambition, their careers. Um, and so I think there are there's some, some similar um, um, pressures, moral dilemmas, um, to make sure that you put God, mm. um, the church, your family, etc., first of all, um, to prioritise right, to be faithful uh, in your calling, mm. in your circumstances. Um, and then there can be real commercial pressures, um, like billing, time recording, um, the, the pressures from your firm, from your clients. And I think in all those things, um, for the sake of gospel witness, um, the Christian lawyer has to maintain their integrity yeah, yeah. Um, to do the right thing, to trust God and do the right thing um, on each occasion. Yeah, presumably it's not like a John Grisham novel where you have, you know, you, you know, you're, you're having to build clients hundreds of hours and so, that kind of stuff. It's not th that sort of pressure for you necessarily. So uh, most solicitors will have um, billing. Um, targets to meet really okay yeah and um, yeah, it's, it's a very performance driven okay. um, profession in mm. that sense but they have to do so with integrity to make sure that the time they're recording is is properly recorded sure um, sure okay and and the Lawyers Christian Fellowship you're the executive director what's what are you aiming to do so the um, the Lawyers Christian Fellowship has um, at its heart a, a passion for communicating the gospel it's mm. always been there and it mm. remains so and so the, the heart of the, the LCF is to communicate the gospel, mm. Christ's death, uh, burial and resurrection, and the hope that provides to uh, the world in which we live, so in and through the legal profession. So we mm. started um, in 1852 as a prayer union. Really? Well, wow. as long ago as that. Yeah, it? it's, um, so before cars were on the roads <laughs> in London, um, Christian lawyers were meeting to pray, wow. and prayer remains at the heart of what we do. Um, I would say that prayer is the Christian lawyer's best work it's where the best work is done yeah and so my heart is very much that prayer remains mm. um, uh, the center of what we do but we also want to make sure that the gospel is communicated in and through um, the legal profession through Christian lawyers and there there's a great opportunity and tremendous need as you as you will know um, so the idea of making sure that we um, keep um, Bible teaching good Bible teaching as part of what we do so that our Christian lawyers are equipped to handle God's word, to apply it to the jobs which they do, um, to their clients, to their colleagues, to their communities, to bring hope, um, to be good image bearers of, of God in and through law. Some, some examples of how this works out in practice. So, for example, you may get a young lawyer in their workplace um, who is sharing the Bible with non-Christian colleagues. 
um, organising a Bible discussion, say, mm-hmm. at a lunchtime. Um, in East Africa, we've been active for 20 years now, um, doing justice missions, supporting mm-hmm. uh, local um, Christian lawyers in those countries to go into prisons, um, into communities, and to do their job in a way that points to Christ. Um, and so, for example, there are prisons in East Africa where when Christian lawyers go in, um, they will be recognized as Christian lawyers, mm. um, trying to help people to to work through their cases, to know their rights. Um, and that can make a tremendous difference um, for those mm. concerned. Oh, it's fabulous to hear. Um, I mean, how successful do you think you are at kind of a- <laughs> fulfilling those aims? Is it, is it easy to, uh, perhaps not easy to measure? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think... Um, I'm always wary, I suppose, of the word success sure, yes. um, in Christian terms. And I, think I suppose achieving the, the aim of being a gospel mission, gospel mm. missioned organisation, I suppose, is what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, well, well, well I, I think, you know, um, by God's grace, um, there have been many Christian lawyers for many years, um, mm. since 1852, yes. um, who have um, been faithful in praying, um, in sharing the gospel uh, in and through law and uh, sort of working out in practice what it means to have a good theology of law and justice mm. um, as, as a lawyer. Um, there is, of course, a uh, great need t- to ensure that Christian lawyers going forward continue mm. to do that. And I suppose, um, as, as you all recognise, you know, that uh, ultimately this will be God who judges our mm. faithfulness and our fruitfulness sure. in this task. And I, I hope that we will be faithful mm. and I pray that we will be increasingly fruitful mm. as mm. well. Uh, but, but presumably the the communication of the gospel is, there's a, obviously within a client uh, relationship, so you, you have to be very careful not to be abusing that situation yes. so yeah. so you know you, you've got you'll have guidelines yeah. in, in your mind and heart that's right um one of the pieces of um work a publication that we've been involved with in recent years is speak up mm-hmm. they've come across it and more recently christianity in the workplace the speak up um, guidance we produced is trying to um, help Christians in their workplaces to share the gospel, to say that you can share the gospel mm. uh, in an appropriate way. And and that's right. So for Christians in law, in the legal profession, um, they can share the gospel, mm. but it should be done in an appropriate way. And of course, the, the way that they do their work um, needs to um, bear the weight of the opportunity they may be given to share the gospel. I see. Yeah, yeah, sure. Good. And um, there's no doubt some listening, looking for legal help in a whole range of situations. Any any tips? I appreciate that may be a very broad question, but but obviously there's, you know, as a lawyer, I'd be interested to get your perspective on stuff offered online and all the rest of it. So we receive calls every day, mm. on most days, um, from people looking for um Christian lawyers yeah. who can um, help them with their, their situation or their problem. Um, we direct them to our website. On our website, we have a find a lawyer okay. um, scheme by which you can put in where you live or the type of advice that you're looking for. Okay. And that will generate a message to Christian lawyers working in that area. Oh, great. Oh, that's fabulous. I didn't know that was the kind of answer you'd give, but that's that's really good, really helpful. Uh, and what does the future hold for the Lawyers Christian Fellowship? Have you got any particular things in mind? Are you going to carry on as you were for since 1852? <laughs> um, well, um, 
as we await Christ's return. Um, <laughs> our hope is, you know, is to be faithful and fruitful. Um, yeah. And our hope is that with um, the challenges that mm. um, that we face um, as Christians and the opportunities to mm. share a message of hope, um, that we will be um, that we will be um, helping Christian lawyers to speak to those issues for our time. I think my conviction very much is that. There is a real need for um, Christian lawyers to be good at law, to um, be able to handle the Bible well, and to speak to issues that we face. And it's a very fast-changing world that we live in. Hmm. And so um, to have people who can give good counsel, hmm. that's a key role of being a lawyer, to give good counsel um, to Christians, to churches, to hmm. Christian charities, and, and to the, the wider world, in the hope that you know, in our in our lifetime, we would leave these these kind of um, these craters, these dents for the gospel, where life is seen to flourish, where yeah. we point to our hope in Christ and the future that we look forward to in Him. Sure. Well, I'm sure there'll be uh, people in the legal profession listening, so they can presumably get in touch via the website of Christian Lawyers Fellowship. They type or contact us at the office. The details are also on the website. Good. And uh, if they contacted you, that would be to be a part of an email mailing list or something like that? How does so it work? We're a membership organisation. So yeah. We have um, uh, people who are members of the LCF who are part of that fellowship. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's membership options, uh, again, on our website. Good stuff. Great. Well, it's fascinating to chat with you. Thank you, Mark, very much. Great to meet you. You've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Mark Bainbridge. He's the Executive Director of the Lawyers uh, Christian Fellowship. So do uh, go to the Lawyers Christian Fellowship uh, website if you're interested to find out more, particularly, of course, if you're uh, within the legal profession yourself and uh, be encouraged to uh, link with others in that profession to uh, make a difference where God has uh, particularly placed you. Um, of course, uh, you can find archived versions of Elegiate File by going to uh, premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. Uh, do email me, apec at cwr.org.uk, if you have ideas of topics or of uh, potential uh, guests who um, would you'd like to see on the show. A number of the guests that I've had over the years have been from people uh, who've suggested things just like you. I'm delighted to say that my book, The Leadership Road Less Travelled, is selling well. It's published by CWR and Premier. is available at the Premier shop. The book includes what I've learned about leadership through guests uh, spanning over uh, a decade. So um, uh, it'd be great if you uh, wanted to get in touch with uh, me via that uh, book and find out a little bit more about uh, the journey that I've been on in understanding leadership over the years. Uh, so whether you're uh, listening via podcast or listening uh, live on a Sunday, it's been great to have you along. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premiere. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk. 